0: Hello and welcome to New Business Paradigms. I'm Christy Jansen, Chief of Staff at the World Business Academy, and I'm here in a virtual Zoom room with Ronaldo Brutico, the Academy's President and Founder. The World Business Academy is a 501c3 nonprofit action incubator dedicated to elevating the consciousness of people in the business community and encouraging business leaders to use their power and influence to take greater responsibility for the communities and the environment their work touches. We are recording the show on April 4th, 2020. Please forgive any audio inconsistencies. As I mentioned before, we are taking the social distancing recommendations to heart and recording via remote tools. Before we get going, I would like to invite our listeners to reach out to us at info at worldbusiness.org. If you have questions or comments about the show today, or if there's anything you would like for us to discuss on future podcasts, we'd love to hear from you. As always, you can listen to us on the go using Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, just search World Business Academy. All right, Ronaldo, so what do we have to talk about today in this crazy, topsy-turvy world that we are now in?
1: Well, you know, thanks for asking, Christy, because this is going to be a very painful conversation today. And and I just want to highlight for people what we're going to do today, and then we'll get into some of the pain. I got a call from a, um, I call him the stockbroker to the stars. He will remain nameless, but he called me about, three days ago, and he talks to me about once a year. He's much—he's a very much more traditional guy. He doesn't do what I do. He doesn't follow the fundamentals. He, he plays the market. He does it for very wealthy people successfully. But he knows about me because, and he knows about the podcast, because A, we've been friends for decades, and B, uh, some of his clients do follow my podcast and ask him why he's not doing for them what I'm saying on the air, basically. And so he's constantly aware of what I'm saying. And uh, his comments and questions were so good, in terms of the hour that he spent talking to me, I thought, you know, I would like to share the answers with those questions to our audience on the podcast. So that's what I want to do today. And you and I have talked about some of those questions. So you just, you you, you pick the ones that we covered from with him that you like the best, and we'll go talk about it. Second thing I want to do is I, I definitely want to mention some statistics about where we are in this whole mess, which I will get to either at the beginning or at the end of the show. And then the third thing I want to do, which is really important, I really um, would like to end this with an SBA-type um for the small business people that are listening, like how do they get their ten thousand dollars on the front end? How do they get it to be payroll forgiven? How do they get the SBA to support? Them? A lot of people are just completely goofed up on that. Don't know what to do. And and since the rules say up front, it's first come first serve. The longer you wait to file, the worse chance that you're going to have that somebody will get you to the three hundred ninety billion before you do. So it's there is a race. It's like the Oklahoma land rush. And you got to be pushing the button fast. So I'm going to give people the website to go to at the end of this, and I'm going to tell them about a little bit about that. So I guess the best way to start is to you know, explain, well, I'll do some statistics, and then I'm going to go into what Cuomo did today. The statistics that are overwhelming, if you look at, for example, April 4th, 2019, uh, to um, basically the same date a year later, 2020, the Dow Jones is down 20%. The S&P is down 13.5%. oil's down 54%. And gold is up 25%. So everybody knows I've been urging buy gold. And one of the questions I know you're going to ask, so I'll just answer it now, Christy. Is it too late to buy gold? And the answer is no. No. Okay. And, and another question that you're going to ask me is, is it time well, to get back in the, the market? let
0: me ask the questions, Ronaldo, before you no, no, start but, going No, but I'm just
1: saying, so I'm just going to get rid of that gold thing first. And then we're going to okay. go into questions. And then I just wanted to mention on the, on the S&P 500, Macy's just got dropped on Friday. That's monumental. That's 125,000 employees have been laid off. They were in financial trouble to start with. Um, I know that over sixty-three thousand retail stores closed last week. My guess is at least half will never reopen. I and and I and I'm going to talk a little bit when we get through the questions about what's what's come what follows all the wreckage we are now seeing. I'm going to talk about that. So happy to start with the um, with the uh, comment about Cuomo, and then let's go into questions. The comment from Cuomo was, you know, Cuomo's doing. He's acting like the the governor of the United States. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's articulating in his regular daily briefing, he's got facts, compassion, uh, insight. Uh, He doesn't sugarcoat it, but he also gives you a reason to believe we can beat it. So he's doing exactly what a national leader is supposed to do in a crisis like this, and which is, of course, absent from the White House. In addition, he's trying to set up supply chains. He's trying to set up acquisition goals, which the federal government should all be doing. In fact, just last night, uh, the lieutenant general, who was the guy that was sent in to fix Katrina after Brownie screwed it up, was on the air being interviewed and said, it's like, it's, it's insane that they don't have the military right now appointed to be in charge of all acquisitions of supplies. Uh, they should take delivery of the supplies. They should use the military to distribute to the places they need them most. And then when they don't need them anymore, redistribute them elsewhere. And he said, this should be run up and down the line, just like, uh, and that was General Honoré, by the way, they should, they should just run this thing like a military operation. That's how they got Katrina back under control. And without that, he doesn't know where it ends. It's, it's, from his point of view, it's a complete chaos. It's like Katrina when he walked in the door. And it is. It's, the similarities between Katrina under the Bush administration and this administration are very similar because both Bush and Trump have tried to avoid taking responsibility for fixing it and foisting it off on the states.
0: The difference, though, is, Ronaldo, is that Katrina is happening all over this country at the same time or at almost the same time. I mean, there are certain hotspots which are really being hit hard now. One of those places is Louisiana, for example, and New Orleans. So they're right back at the epicenter of the Katrina issue. But New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, other big states are being forcing, you know, they're having issues right now. But it's all over the country. Well, yeah, and it's, so it's all over, different but, than but, a locate local place. No, no,
1: but what, what Honoré was saying, because he was the guy that was he was the military guy sent in to fix it after Brownie screwed it up. He was saying is the only way you can fix this is you get it get the military involved. That's who should take right. over supplies for the whole country. Okay, all supplies ought to be ordered by them. All the supplies ought yeah. to be taken delivery by them, distributed by them, transported by them, managed by them.
0: Right. And the, the military, I mean, they're great at logistics. They're great at getting things into crazy places, into war zones. They can get supplies and troops and not just the the people, but all of the things that support the people in these crazy places. And so that's they should be taking over logistics. And that has to be run at the federal level.
1: It does. It can't be done at the state level. So what, what Cuomo's doing is he's trying to set up a new federalism. And as you know, Christy, I'm, I'm doing a series of, of articles, editorial pieces, for the Montecito Journal on, on the new federalism, which I find a fascinating topic. I mean, the parallels to this and 1778 are just enormous when the colonies were all confederated rather than the Constitution. So the Articles of Confederation ran the country and they found out they didn't work and they had to replace them. And they replaced them with the U.S. Constitution. The biggest change, by the way, was the addition of an interstate commerce clause because they realized that goods and services and people had to flow throughout the Union and they weren't going to be one country. But 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 the I also analogize it to the Civil War when every, every state was required to send its regiment to the battle with its own shoes, its own boots, or, or weapons, or food. And it took about a year before Lincoln straightened that out and got it so that the Union Army was able to supply every soldier, no matter where they came from Ohio, Ohio or New Jersey, with a blue uniform, with a rifle that was the common s- rifle, common ammunition, common boots, common food. And when they did that, the industrial North started winning battles left and right because the South never could pull that off. So, mm-hmm. so that level of federal management is essential. It's what won the Civil War. And it's what caused us after the Civil War to start acting like a federal government, like a, 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 the federal bureaucracy started to build. And it was a good thing. I, I'm very upset with Reagan in the 70s saying, you know, the, the word you don't want to hear is I'm from the government. He said, because the government isn't here to help you. The government is the problem. That's just not true. There's things the government has to do that private enterprise is not equipped to do. And that's why when you see all this gouging going on that Cuomo first reported, the government did. not Cuomo reported at his, his conference 10 days ago, I'm paying $7 for a mask that used to cost me 75 cents. Now you see every governor saying that because you've got all these governors bidding against each other for the same scarce equipment. And so the middlemen are making a fortune because they, they're gouging. Right. And, and and you got FEMA buying against the governors and you got governors with 17,000 ventilators on order under contract that get grabbed and 16,000 don't show up. I mean, this is going on. So what Cuomo did that was really smart this morning, oh, the state of Oregon donated 144 ventilators. And Cuomo said, I know the governor. She's a very lovely woman. And that was a kind thing to do. And he puts the word kind up on the screen. But it was also a smart thing to do. He puts the word smart up. Why? Because, you know. They're not going to peak to the middle of May. We're going to peak in six to 10 days. And when we get through peaking, we're going to return those ventilators and we're going to turn them in great shape. In fact, we're going to double it. She sent 140. We'll send her back to 180, And we want every state to learn that lesson. So what he's doing is he's trying to set up what's called an interstate compact, which I believe there will be more of these going forward, interstate compacts. Now, I want to just end with a quote by Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I'm going to paraphrase it, actually, because it so well fits this time, and Cuomo quoted it on his, air, on his show today. He said, when FDR was trying to explain why we need a federal emergency response to the Great Depression, not state by state fighting it out, he said, let me put it this way. Your, house, your, 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 your neighbor's house catches fire, and you've got a garden hose. So you say to your neighbor, would you like to borrow my garden hose? And he attaches it to his hose bib and he sprays the water and he hopefully puts the house fire out. So what, what benefit did I get? I got the fire to stop at the other guy's house. Anybody who sends me ventilators to New York, help me stop the fire here before it gets to your house. And so and then Roosevelt ended the story by saying, and, you know, if the if the if the hose got burned up, my neighbor will offer to replace it. Because it's not about making him pay to get it; it's about getting it there. It's putting out the fire. It's it's doing him a favor, putting out the fire, and it's doing me a favor too. That's what the states have to do for each other. And notice he didn't say the federal government because he knows that's not going to happen.
0: And that's basically how what human society is all about. That's that's the social contract that we all live under, whether it's in our small communities, in our neighborhoods, our states, and that's what this nation has been yeah. built under. That's what makes us strong: is to be able to con- come together and coordinated action in those
1: ways. There are going to be social, significant political, and I believe military consequences of significance that will come out of this COVID virus pandemic that will change the nature of the relationship of the states to the federal government and vice versa. And I believe the federal government will seek to resist that. And I believe that it is possible uh, Trump could declare a national emergency, threaten to cancel the election, uh, declare martial law. And as I've said in the past, there may not be an election in 2020. So we have to be prepared for that. And if there isn't, be prepared for what follows. If there is an election 20, be prepared for what follows. Because right. what we'll talk about a little bit on the show is now uh, some of the wreckage. But let me put that in the context of the questions that are most important to you, Christy, as the person who's asking these questions on behalf of the viewer. Go ahead. What, what, what did you, out of the stuff we talked about with, with our stock salesman of the stars, what came out of that that you well, want to talk about
0: so a couple of things i mean right now the the stock markets are down 20% from where they were at their recent highs or more and um
1: more way something more something that
0: i'm hearing from like for example my son's college fund you know should is is this the time is this a good time is it opportune to get back into the stock market and if so if if you know i don't know what you're going to say to that and and if you do say yeah maybe there's some areas you might want to buy into, like which companies, which industries should we be looking at, or should we just completely stay out at this time? I'm curious to hear what you have to say about that. Short
1: answer, completely stay out at this time. Don't okay. even think about it. Don't even think, it's suicidal. It's like, it would be like trying to, trying to pick the right place to put your money in this stock market it would be like trying to light a match in a hurricane. It ain't going to happen. It cannot possibly happen. So what we have to do is we have to be willing to uh, talk about the question. Um, why is that so? A little bit. And the answer is because we don't know where the bottom is yet. But what, what the market can't start to go up with any meaningful effect until we can begin to see where this ends. And so far, there is no end in sight. Meaning the federal government's not doing anything to stop it as a national emergency, which means, it, and this just was Dr. Ho just came up with this last night. Uh, he, he did a series of charts showing that if it was a national case, how the pandemic would end sooner with far fewer deaths, far fewer hospitalizations. Mm-hmm. If we permit it to go state by state like it is, a rolling pandemic, it, what it's going to do is it's going to keep rolling into the fall, and then it's going to come back with a second wave.
0: Right, because then you have the second wave. So yes, it's done in New York, but now it's just getting started in Michigan, and then people from Michigan ending up in New York will reinfect the people there. Conceivably. And Conceivably. you know,
1: and, and the question is whether um, the COVID virus is, belongs to a family of viruses, the coronavirus family, which historically, with all other types, including SARS and MERS, once you've been exposed, you have immunity for at least a minimum of one year, and some people think it could be much longer. As you know, when you get a uh, when you get a shot for uh, you get pricked for uh, tuberculosis, you, it, it lasts a lifetime. A TB mm-hmm. shot can last a lifetime, and if you do have to renew it, you don't have to do it for many many years, decades. Uh, as you know, that um, a um, the one that prevents a lockjaw, a tetanus shot. Uh, I believe has a five-year life. So we don't know what the life of the immunity is once you get it. But we know once you get immunity, meaning you've had it, or you're asymptomatic, meaning it passed through, you didn't even know you had it. Some people have it very mild. Uh, I've heard the number as recently as t- yesterday from CDC that as many as 25% of the people infecting other people are asymptomatic, which means that we have probably a million people in California alone who've either been exposed or had the disease or are asymptomatic. And those people ought to be able to go back to work. We've written a very intelligent paper on that subject. I hope to get it released today. I'm hoping to get it done by uh, Thursday. But uh, as we'll talk at the end of the show, I I got caught up in SBA lending requirements for 10 separate companies that I'm involved in. And I wasn't able to follow up with with that article, although it's it's done. I just have to do the final edit. And when we put it out, what it'll say is a way to put everybody back to work one one worker at a time, and I'll explain how to do that. And, and by the way, that paper is going to be very, very important. So if anybody wants a copy, please add, uh, write to, what do they write, Christy? Info at World Business?
0: Info, info at worldbusiness.org, yeah. And we'll probably put it on our website as a, as a sort of yeah. a blog.
1: Yeah, it's and, a very like important concept. Um, Germany's calling it the immunity passport. England's mm-hmm. calling it the immunity passport. Neither Germany or England have figured out a way to use it. Uh, this test I'm going to talk about, which is a blood test. And uh, we did figure it out. We are suggesting that it be done through the DMV departments because it can't be done through the medical channels, which are completely clogged with, COVID, with COVID-19. But let's go to the, the, the wreckage that we are facing, why I said don't go back in the market, and why you can't see the end from here. Ten million people, over ten million people, filed for unemployment in the last two years, in the last two weeks. In the and, last two
0: weeks, yeah. yeah and,
1: and, and my guess is you're going to see another f- at least five million or more this week when it comes out. And I don't think that's the last five million. Or the last million I think you're going to see unemployment I will be pleased I will be sh- shockingly pleased if unemployment stops at let's say 15 to 20 percent I will be so delighted I don't think it will a retail loan has 16 million people in this country of whom probably 14 million are getting laid off
0: well and then you and then hospitality is completely shut down when you think well, about the bars and the restaurants and the hotels. Res,
1: okay, there's food alone is 15 million people in this country. I'd guess 12 million of those are gone. So and, and one of the reasons I like the plan I have for getting people back to work is also given a way to reopen bars and restaurants but with for people who can't get infected. But 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 my point is the degree of incompetence being exhibited on the national level is such I can't tell where the bottom is yet. And until you can see the bottom, it doesn't make any sense to invest in any stock because all boats go down and drop their altitude when the tide goes up, right? And when the tide comes in, all boats rise. Well, we we don't know when that tide's going to come back in again, so we can't bet on the boat getting you know rising. So we got to stand still also, right now.
0: Yeah, we also don't know which, which boats are still going to be floatable. Well,
1: well, that was one of the <laughs> right? questions I got asked. So... Let's just talk about it. So the second, next question I got along that line was, what, what happens if you think it is time to go back in the market? Where do you go? How do you, how do you pick a stock? How do you pick what to do? And so I explained, and it, this is applicable to everybody, it really is fundamentals. What you got to do is you got to say to yourself, okay, what industries are really never going to come back the way they were ever? And I'm almost certain oil is in that category for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, What industries? Uh, other industries? Not coal mining was gone already. Anything with coal. In fact, I just saw a statistic three day or four days ago that um, the in the Wall Street Journal, no, Financial Times, that the fossil fuel industries continue to lay off and fire, and the amount of layoffs and whatnot and happening in renewable energy is far, far, far less, and that it looks like uh, renewable energy is going to come through pretty much intact. Fossil fuel is not. So you pick an I- industry. Okay, now you've got to pick a company that's going to come through this where their customers may have gotten broke on them, where their bank may have gone upside down. You don't know. How do you pick that company within the industry? Well, you look at the companies that have strong sales portfolios. I mean, they, they have a book of business, so to speak. They have financing that they're capable of. And most importantly, and this is the one that everybody needs to focus on, this is what made um, the, the, the sage of Omaha, Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world. He said, no matter how good a company, no matter how good an industry, you buy management. If it hasn't got the right management, don't go near it. And you've heard me talk about that over and over again. In the business, uh, real estate, they say the three things that matter in real estate, location, location, and location. The three things that matter in business are management, management, and management. Because if you got the right management, they'll figure out how to make money with anything. they'll They'll find the capital.
0: For example, I, I was listening to an a interview the other day with a distillery maker, a, a small little company out in, um, in Illinois, and they've now moved into making hand sanitizer. And they were just about to sign a whole bunch of new distribution deals, which clearly didn't happen because nobody's buying alcohol for drinking, I mean, maybe there is some, but no restaurants are still in business. So now they've moved their entire production to creating hand sanitizer, and they were able to hire not only not lay off their their work their workers in their in their facility, but actually they've now brought in a few new people, and they can get through this. They're not making as much money as they were on bourbon, but they're they're going to be able to stay afloat during this period of time.
1: And they're, and they're performing a public service.
0: And they're performing, exactly. And so that's one innovative example. Another one I, I was reading about is a, a woman who sold her products to hairdressers. And hairdressers aren't working right now. you know. So she started this, this program where the hairdressers are doing YouTube videos on how to use these products. And now they get a commission when they sell them to the direct customer. So that's another innovative, those kinds of innovative business. Yeah. In,
1: in fact, in fact, just stick because you did two different ones there. You did a yeah, traditional manufacturing which did. flip, which I like, and then you did a second, one, which is telecommuting or tele learning. And I think that's I'm going to come back to that. But on the on the manufacturing side, there's going to be a lot of manufacturing wins. I think you're going to see that somebody's going to start making ventilators in this country. <laughs> you can bet they're going to. You can yeah. bet they're going to start making PPE in any this country. Okay. And, and, and the government's going to guarantee to buy whatever they make because they'll right. stockpile it. And it won't be the federal government that has to stockpile it. The states will stockpile it.
0: Right. And there's two examples of that. I think Bloom Energy is now working on creating ventilators. Correct. And Brooks Brothers is now working on creating face masks.
1: Yeah, and but that's true. And GM uh, has aligned itself with a ventilator company that was making, I think, 1,000 ventilators a month. And GM says that they think they can get them up to 1,000 a day. So that's, the, you know, magnitude of change, right? Now, to do that, they have to have supply chain, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Again, where you need the military, because some of these, there's like 7,000 parts or something like that in, in a ventilator. Right. And so you got to have a supply chain that can serve that up so that they can manufacture them. Again, it's, this, this requires management. Now, we know when we elected Trump, he'd gone bankrupt six times. We knew that. That was public record. I figured he would bankrupt the country, which is why I started warning people to buy gold a while back, right? I had no idea he would bankrupt the healthcare system as a way to bankrupt the country, but who who'd have thunk this is creativity on a new on a whole new plane, and um, I'm just I'm delighted that we have a uh, an opportunity to see how bad things can get when you're not careful who your CEO is, and I mean that the country.
0: <laughs> it's a it's a terrible opportunity, but we better learn from it, right? This is a teaching moment, Ronaldo.
1: It's a teachable moment on so many levels, and that's why I was talking about the new federalism. Uh, that's why I'm talking about when you go decide to go back in the market, don't go back in and tell your stockbroker to, quote, balance your portfolio using any of the rules that applied before uh, February 1st, 2020.
0: All right. So this is an interesting – another thing that I've been hearing from some of my friends or people in my circles who are small business owners, Ronaldo, that they're, they're right now in a terrible situation trying to decide – should they just lay people off and and close down business altogether? Can they hang on to something here? And I know that you've been active, you mentioned this earlier, in in getting involved with the Small Business Administration and those loans and signing up for them. I wanted to hear a little bit about your experience yeah, there and I, I, see why that's important.
1: Okay, so let's leave this with the listeners, because one of my beefs with the listeners is that they're not sending me questions or comments often enough. And in order to make this show valuable, I need to know what you need to know more of and what you need to hear less about and what you need more explanation of. So it's really important that the listeners start talking back to us. Send us a, a, an email uh, at, to info at worldbusiness.org so we can focus this on exactly what your question is. I'm sure that we could spend hours talking about your questions relative to if you're going to get back in the market, how do you get back in the market? What is it? How do you identify a good company? I just started doing that. I didn't. Even, I, I mean, I barely touched the surface of what I told you today because I would be telling you about how to look at their management. I'd be telling you how to look at their balance sheet. I'd be telling you how to look at their historical record of dividends and profits, buybacks. I'd be telling you to look at how how good are they at stakeholder capitalism, which I think is going to kind of come out in a great way. But I, I, I want to end before I go to the SBA with this thought. I believe that the wreckage that's going to happen, it's happening now, but. Clearly the bottom, Where ever we do find that bottom, but we're, not, we're still in free fall. When we see that bottom, it will be more wreckage than happened in 1929. It will be more wreckage to the economy. It'll be more wreckage to the health care system. And I do believe that there is a massive confrontation that's coming. In part, it will be further compromised, if you will, by the fact that the red states, by and large, are the ones who've done no social distancing. It's the red states like Florida that are telling megachurches they can have 500 to 1,000 people or more and they can shake hands and sit shoulder to shoulder, abused because Jesus will protect them. You know, this well, is.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's changing a little bit, but it is
1: not not it, not really. Florida's still not on top of it, and 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 yeah. it's it, there are twelve states that still haven't done anything. Um right. And you know, and you look at someplace in Mississippi. Did I mention this earlier? I'm not sure if I did. Mississippi has thirty one or thirty two percent of the people it tests positive have to be hospitalized. That is twice the rate of New York throughout this whole episode. Right.
0: I mean, exactly. Okay, so, and these same, these same areas are generally less healthy. There's correct. more obesity. There's more heart disease. There's more diabetes. And those are all terrible indicators. And guess what? Indic- more cigarettes. Indic- indic- cigarettes, yeah.
1: Okay. And so when you have a bad diet, you have diabetes, you have a heart condition, you, have, you smoke, you're overweight, whatever the conditions are, in addition to the fact you're an old white man, which is <laughs> the worst condition of all, because older white women are doing two to one better than men. I'm not sure why, but... It proves what I've always thought, which is they are not the weaker, even if they are the fairer sex. Anyway, back to the, back to the point of um, this destruction. So when this destruction's over, complicated by the fact that some states, like California, will come out of this really, really well. New York will put itself back together again. Uh, New Jersey will probably put itself back together again. Massachusetts will put itself back together. Michigan may or may not. I hope so. Washington state is already getting back together. Oregon will be back together. So I believe there's going to be compacts. And, and it's going to start because Cuomo is going to start arranging to give thousands of ventilators to the cities that need it the most after his peak passes in six to seven days. And he's going to teach everybody if we do this together it works better. I would be surprised once he gets that coronavirus thing behind him in New York. He might be the guy that starts centralized purchasing for all states. Why not? Just say look we'll do it we'll mark it up 10 percent and don't anybody bid against me. And if, if FEMA comes in here let them buy it and we'll get it from them later.
0: And I think the implications of this looking forward. I mean, we have to get through this current crisis, but then there's the the possibility that these new kinds of relationships will help us switch our whole economy away from fossil fuels to a green economy, for example, and, cl- and combat climate change. This could be an interesting opportunity for us to remake our society in a different direction.
1: Well, I what think do you say it, about that? Absolutely. I think that that's a certainty. That this What this is going to do, one of the, you know, there's always a silver lining in every car. Well, I'll like I say, behind every cloud, there's a patch of blue. So the silver lining or a patch of blue on this one is we were totally missing the ball on climate change in this country and globally because of lack of our leadership. And climate change is much worse than coronavirus because there's no vaccine for climate change. There's no antidote. There's no second way. It just gets to get accelerates worse and worse. Now, the decrease in economic activity globally, which has already happened, and which will continue to happen, will produce less CO2. Unfortunately, it will not slow up the production of methane from the oceans and from the uh, Arctic mostly through... uh,
0: Melting permafrost.
1: The permafrost and basically the poles and all that sort of thing because the Arctic poles are particularly one of the most affected. There's no sea ice in in the summer in the Arctic Circle anymore. So, significant sea ice. So so the, 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 the portion of this conversation that's really critical is... We need to get our act together for the big storm that's coming, and it is coming, and it's not avoidable. And we know it's coming, just like apparently we knew this pandemic was coming. But if we learn through the crisis of the, the wreckage of this pandemic, and if, if people who are in the red States realize the folly to themselves and their friends with choosing to be, quote, "no-nothings," quote, unquote, choosing to ignore science. If that happens, if we are able to turn the corner on that, because we, and by the way, that might take one to four years to do, but if we turn the corner on that and really focus on climate change, we're capable of fixing it, but we're not going to fix it if we don't put a full, and you remember this, Christy, militarization. We need a a wartime effort to stop uh, coronavirus, and we need the same technology and approach methodology to stop climate change. We have to go on a wartime footing.
0: The mobilization we climate have to really mobilize.
1: Yes, climate and, mobilization.
0: And I think the other thing that might be completely transformed after this is how we approach public health and how we yes. we do our healthcare system, which right now is completely broken. When you think about these ten million people who are now coming off of their job funded healthcare, what are they gonna do? You know, I mean they're gonna have to buy into the private exchanges or well, do Cobra. They may not afford that. They can't.
1: Right? It's it we're past that. I mean It's ridiculous. You can't tinker at the edges. There's nothing short of a national healthcare system that'll be fixed right. this for next time. And 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 and, and I think people are going to get that because too many of their friends are going to die. And by the mm-hmm. way, I think you're gonna see pe- bodies on the streets like stacked cordwood. So for like example in-
0: like in Ecuador, that's happening in Ecuador right now.
1: Yeah, well, you're going to see it pretty soon in the South, and and and, and yeah. for sure in Florida, It's certainly Mississippi, Alabama, um, Louisiana, most likely. Um, and in the I would midst guess of guess the summer, Carolina.
0: Ronaldo. In the midst of the oh, summer, that's going to be time. horrible.
1: Yeah, and All you right, know well, FEMA just ordered 100,000 body bags, and uh, that isn't enough. That's not right. enough. And if you and, think
0: about it, if if we have, if we're you know we're getting towards a quarter million people who have now been officially certified as infected. Even if you have only 1.2% mortality rate, you know, that's and that's and we and we haven't even reached the peak yet. It's really frightening when you think about it. Well, the mortality
1: going. rate's going to be a lot higher for two reasons. One, the lack of testing still there. And so we don't know how many cases there really are. So the ones that do come to our attention are the worst ones. And of course the mortality is higher because if you have a case, the first thing you know for sure is Who's tested positive? Well, if you're not testing enough, then you're not going to know. And if you're no. like California with a 70,000 test backlog because they got screwed by Abbott Labs, you're not going to know. But right. But you're, until that backlog is gone, which will take a couple of weeks more, and they start using faster testing and more comprehensive testing. But what you need to be sure of is that in the process, and I hope you can't hear my printer is going on the other it's all side right. room here. Um, the, the other problem is going to be that we have to look at. I mean, we really have to stop and look at why we thought it was okay for people not to have health insurance what were we thinking about how that person could get sick and it doesn't affect me all of a sudden everybody's going oh my god we if we don't take care of health of everybody then it's going to spread to all of us no matter how rich we are
0: exactly it's 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 that it's the um you know, the, your neighbor's house is on fire. Your neighbor has COVID. It's not going to, you know, it doesn't just, it lives in everything. It lives in the environment. So it's going to affect you.
1: And it, that's what's going to cause a second wave. So if it, so if they start laying bodies in, in the streets on like cordwood uh, and you shoot past 100,000, which I predict you will. Then you're going to talk about saying, you know, when this wreckage is over, do we ever want this to happen again? I think the answer is no. Look at the Great Depression. The people that came out of it finally, that lived through it said never again okay yeah. we came through the ebola crisis and we and obama set up the office for pandemic response and the national security council which of course got shut down by trump in 2018 they also did um uh, did a, f- a number of really smart things when they realized they got caught flat-footed on ebola and now including uh, by the way uh, there was a paper just came out that the early warning pandemic warning came out i guess and was also Missouri, unfunded Lord. Yeah. And then I that was also defunded. And then I heard that in I think it was January, the military uh, issued a paper to, I guess, the White House saying there's a black swan event, a pandemic that's going to cause a threat to the very security of the country. turned out they were correct in what they thought was coming. So we've got this pandemic. Uh, It ain't the last one. It's the worst one. Uh, But it's taught us that it matters whether or not my uh, fellow citizens are healthy. And it matters whether we have enough rooms in their hospitals to take care of everybody. Mm-hmm. And it matters whether we have enough um, stockpiles for an emergency. And it matters that it not be done on a pre- perfectly uh, commercial basis because in short times and supply times, yeah. we got gouged. In,
0: efficiency isn't always the, no. the way to look at things.
1: No, and, and, and that's not, it's not efficient. Anybody that right. looks at what just happened to us is happening now. It's not not, not say efficient. it's efficient. Yeah. So let me just wrap with this because I do want to make sure people know. I'm not going to have much time to tell you this, but um, the, the the SBA stuff is all on a first come for serve basis. So you've got to get in there. Uh, and the, the website you want to go to for disaster loan assistance is covid19relief.sba.gov. Go there, not the normal SBA site. Um, it will help you the best they can. Quickly, here's how the programs work. You can apply for $10,000. That's probably going to be forgiven if you do get either a $2 million loan direct from the SBA or a $10 million loan, which includes a payroll forgiveness from through your local bank, guaranteed by the SBA. And those are the three columns. $10,000 applies to both. $2 million in, has certain characteristics. $10 million through your local bank. Those are the three ways you go. Which is right for you as a small business owner, I can't tell you without knowing your situation. But if you go on that site, you can probably figure it out. And if nothing else, file for one of them so you get the ten grand immediately, because that will happen fast. If you've got a bank you can work with that has worked with you in the past that's done SBA lending, that's where you want to go for either the $10 million loan. And for the $2 million loan, you go right online to the SBA. So th- there's more on that uh, online. Uh, if people want, I will give them much more information about that next week. For the pendency of this economic crisis, we will continue to do this show every week, and we'll keep updating it. And I hope it's useful to you. And then I have one request. What's that, Christine? You well, I one, just going to
0: ask one final question, which is, is there a way that people can actually support their local economy? Can they invest in good organizations? Like, how can people actually, oh, yeah. if they do uh, have you know, a bit of resources, let, what can they do? Let's do
1: a show on that, because um, I want to talk about roadside food stands for organic farmers. I want to talk about the end of commercial uh, agriculture, so-called factory farming, and how that's in great peril. Probably not going to survive, even with massive government bailouts won't survive. Why? They won't have any Hispanic workers, for one thing. It's it's crazy because that policy is now kicking us in the teeth. It's going to compromise our food supply. So what we need to do is we need to say, what can we do in our community? Everybody is is, just one person doing a victory garden. A group of gardeners opening a food stand. Uh, the guys who used to be at my farmer's market should just get together and open a food stand between them because they can't do a farmer's market because of the crowding. There's one farmer's market here in our town, which I went to just the other day. It's, it's working great as a food stand. So, and it's very, very hygienic and it's outdoor. So I want to just leave with this thought. The best thing you can do for yourself and for everybody else is keep listening to this program. And the second best thing you can do is considering sending a donation to the World Business Academy. We do this all, um, our donation this year, like most nonprofits, are really collapsing. And we want to stay on the air. We want to keep bringing you this information that's vital to your well-being, to your business, to your personal life. And we hope we can keep doing that. We, we're going to do it as long as we possibly can. But it would be really great if you could support us by going to worldbusiness.org, hit the Donate button. And uh, if it doesn't say now, Donate for the Radio Show, we'll ask you when you donate why you did it. Uh, and we'll eventually have a, a radio show button, right, Christy? Yes, and
0: yeah, we'll have a campaign for radio show through okay. the donate button.
1: Okay, so please, please think of supporting this and tell your friends and neighbors. And if they aren't listening to this app right now, you better do them a favor. Tell them that, uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, if they would listened to my advice on gold, they'd be 25% of the head uh, right now, as opposed to 54% down if they bought oil stocks and uh, 20% down if they bought the Dow Jones. With that, we're going to get through this and we're going to keep. The best we can, keeping people informed. But the number one thing you've got to stay awake, stay alert, stay conscious, and get ready for massive change. It is in process. With that, thanks, everyone. Talk to you next week.
0: Thank you, Ronaldo. Great show.